You're listening to the highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Denson Baker. This podcast was supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. But one of the first things we did when we arrived in New Zealand to start pre-production was to travel to some of the actual locations where the story is set. One of them is Hokitika on the west coast of the South Island of New Zealand. And we discovered there's an absolutely fantastic, very small, but a little uh, museum that was full of so much incredible archival photography that um, you could not find searching the internet. And the imagery just inspired so many thoughts and ideas and, and design. And what was really interesting is it was so unique to New Zealand, the look of these photographs as well. People from all over the globe had traveled to, to Hokitika at this time. So it was a very cosmopolitan place that was right on this rugged, incredible coastline with mountains and jungles but they were bringing a little piece of their own cultures uh, into these places and trying to make it quite a, a booming town there. But it certainly, it did, because myself, I'm part Maori, so I've got a strong connection there, but my father has from Scottish uh, heritage and my mother's English uh, heritage. You know, it really did make me reflect on how we come to be in the places that we are and how our cultures evolve and develop. So it was, it was brilliant to do that kind of research. So you're like the bringing together of, say, the two um, principal characters. I don't want to say they're the only principal characters, but uh, you tell, just tell for those who haven't yet experienced it, you know, this, the story. Mm. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about the story is that all of the characters, particularly the two uh, principals, are all connected in various ways through astrology, planets aligning, uh, the sun and the moon. So that was a big element of the storytelling and it was all very very much explored in the original material, the original book, which is a fantastic and very dense, incredible book, which was a challenge in itself to bring to the screen. But it's also one of those things that there's a lot of detail, which you need to bring to a series in very subtle ways. And so that became one of the um, challenges as a cinematographer was how can we hint at some of these aspects of their connections or their, you know, where, what they symbolize within the Zodiac. Are there ways we can do that that's, aren't so obvious but they're they're there I mean a lot of that is in the costume design or what the set design may have had within their spaces when cinematography is done so well and it's moving it's so fluid it's hard to it's it doesn't stick out the the thought process you know is there but it's something we experience this subliminal beauty which you do so well Mm. and also the way you photograph nature and not just in the luminaries but and I'm thinking of Ophelia too uh, and I I feel it very closely as a character. That's good yeah well I mean you never want the cinematography to be dominating what the audience is is taking in from watching experiencing a show you want it to be working on a subliminal level you want it to be obviously beautiful and and be appropriate or not beautiful if that's what's appropriate you certainly want it to stand out but not to the point where you're not feeling like you're in the story or with the characters because that really is what everyone is tuning in for is to be taken on a journey with characters and I think that's a big part of that journey is, to, is landscape is that you want to have a, a feeling of the, the surroundings and the environment that those characters are within because that's how we feel that we can 
relate to the character. If we could feel like we're there or we've got a sense of the geography of the space around them, then we can relate to the, to the characters much more. Even if it's a space that we've never actually been to or traveled, you get much more of a sense of being in that world, which I think is, is really important. And the big role of cinematography is, is world building. And I think one of the keys to world building is giving the audience a sense of the geography of the space that they're in and, and the relationship of the characters within that space. You know, there's, there's a lot of conversations I'll have with directors where we will talk about what's the intention of a scene or of the film in general, or what are the you know, key moments within the character's journey that we really want to do something that's going to highlight it or not highlight it, but still have it present enough that the audience can take it in. So we do have a lot of conversations like that. And those, that will be that just from talking through the story arc of that, those characters and knowing when those key points are and thinking, well, that's a moment where we really want to hold a beat and make sure that it sits with an audience and not just let anything just wash by. And sometimes that can be as simple as just the, the framing on an actor and what, or what point within the story do we want to do our biggest close-up or whether it's a moment where we just want to see a character sitting within the space and give us a little reflective moment. A lot of that is the actor's craft and to, my job is just to know where's the good place to place the camera to really capture that. I've, I've always felt that a big responsibility of the cinematographer is also just to create a atmosphere and a feeling on set where an actor can step away from the concerns of the, the technology and just really feel that they're they've got the floor to give a, a great performance and to you know really let themselves go into a place in a space without feeling like they have to hit a mark or that they have to be in a particular position for the camera or for the lighting so I think it's being sensitive to those those things as well. I've heard a lot of great cinematographers say the same thing. A great performance is more important than beautiful cinematography because people aren't just there to look at pretty pictures. They want to feel the emotions and go on the journeys with the with the characters. So that's a big, important focus. That, but that yeah. trust is really, I mean, I don't even know how that works with all those close-ups. I mean, there's a choreography and a poetry to the human face, right? Mm. And how you how you get in there, I, I'm not just not sure how that works, <laughs> but it's something we feel like immediately. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing because I think a lot of cinematographers talk about what different ways of shooting and the impact they have for an audience, but there's certainly a difference with a close-up on an actor. If you've set up the camera on a really long lens further back and you're zoomed in on someone's face, it has a very different feeling to if the camera is physically positioned in closer proximity to an actor on a wider lens and you're seeing more of the environment and you can, and it, just the fact that the camera's in that intimate space with the actor gives the audience a feeling of being within that same intimate space or whether the camera's shooting over someone's shoulder or whether it's in, in front of them inside the two people's shoulders has a, has a different feeling for an audience as well that you can feel that you're inhabiting that, that space with an actor. And you know, for some actors, that could be quite intrusive to have a, a big piece of glass looking at you in that close proximity, not usually that close, it's sort of this kind of distance if you are doing a big intimate close-up like that. So I think also you want to get to a point, I mean, I operate camera as well um, as director lighting and do the rest. So you want to get to a point that the, everyone feels so comfortable with each other that not seeing the camera as much or myself in that close proximity that they are. We're just at a, at a point of comfort that we you know, can let that go and not feel the intrusion of having a, having a lens poked in your face.
that close. But that is, that's certainly my, my preference, particularly for the protagonist. And if you want the audience to really be feeling or pondering what they're thinking is that the camera itself is in close proximity to, to the actor, yeah, rather than zoomed in a lot further back. Yeah, so you definitely do convey that intimacy, and um, and then there's this dreamy quality that I I, I really like as well. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't feel intrusive, and yeah, it's right there, so voyeuristically beautiful. Mm. It's just like a, a magic. So you, you discussed a little bit about how you may be marking up scripts or discussing the palette and the I mean in detail like in the luminaries, but to j- just expand a little bit on that process, say with different projects. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think it, I hadn't really thought about it so much until I, when I worked, you mentioned Oranges and Sunshine before, Emily Watson was the lead actress in that. And I did notice just when we were shooting, because I was often quite close to um, to Jim, the director, and to Emily for a lot of their conversations, I would, you know, not that I was listening in on their conversations, but often a part of those conversations. But I saw that Emily was doing, and I've now noticed a lot of actors do this, but she had a lot of notes throughout her copy of her scripts, just handwritten scrawled notes to numbers, to little lines that she had drawn across the, the script curve lines. And, and at first I wasn't quite sure what a lot of them meant and I found it really fascinating. And then so I was just getting a little bit more information, but she had told me that she had drawn the character's arc across the whole script because she knew as an actor, and this is what all actors for film and TV have to do is that, you're, you're not shooting in sequence that you're going to have to drop into a scene on in week one that might be from later in the film to so then it made me think well maybe I should do the same thing as a cinematographer when you know when is the moment that the the camera is quite quite still and and it's calm but when is it going to have more energy or when should it be a bit more kinetic when when do you want those emotional moments where the camera soars whether it's a drone shot or the crane pulls back so when is the the moment within the script that you want to do your biggest close-up? Because you don't want to be doing a whole bunch of close-ups throughout it. And then when there's that one moment where the director wants to have the really big close-up within the, the the film, but you've already been shooting shots that you can't go any closer. So you've kind of already used up that moment. So now when I look at a script, I, I start to look at it, you know, and it's been interesting just looking a lot more at the writer's process because I start to look at it and see what they've obviously thought about where those beats are, where those turning points are, what's, where's the end of the first act and what's the, the midpoint, the inciting incident. But to be able to identify those and to draw my own little cinematography emotional arc is interesting and then you start to talk about colors as well and whether there's a color shift that happens throughout the, the film does it the, the film we're doing now it's the idea is that it does start very desaturated and it, without being too obvious or heavy-handed but there's not a lot of color in the world but then color starts to be introduced and it's a very selective color palette the film we're doing is about an artist and she had a particular color palette that she worked within and so we start introducing those colors into her world and these are all things that are a, um, a discussion with the director, production designer, and costume designer, and makeup too, as well as cinematography about how we integrate those and when those those colours and moments coming. So it's not just adding coloured gels to the lighting; it's about uh, highlighting it within a shot that what the the um, production designer may be putting within a within a frame, or it might be just a little little tiny detail that the costume designer is dropping into it. You know, that you, everyone knows about comic timing, but there's also other emotional timing when you do want to hold on a shot or feel the weight of a shot or a weight of a moment within a performance before 
cutting out of it, giving enough time for the audience to to really feel a moment before moving on to the next one. Or sometimes it's even more impactful to cut it short before the audience gets to, you know, to have that moment of relief that maybe you don't want that. You want to have them feel like, oh, bang, we're right into the next uh, the next beat of the journey. And, and that's, that's a creative choice there as well. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, please subscribe. Thank you for listening.